Thank you, David. Um, we are in our sermon series, and our sermon series is Power at Work, God's Power at Work in Us and Through Us. And before we've gotten into our sermons each Sunday, we've been doing a testimony. Um, today, we're going to do something a little bit different. I'd like to show a video, and we're going to do the video of uh, 11 a.m., the preview for that. We all showed up for that, but that is something that's come from us as a body, and it absolutely relates to the word that's going to be spoken today. So if we could, we're going to show the preview. This is David Bailey's work and a lot of the stuff that he's invested in the community. He just he was just up here speaking. But this is who we are as a body also. Can someone get the lights in the back? I would like to be in the with our ability stand for others. Martin Luther King famously said, you know, 11 a.m. on Sunday is the most segregated hour of the week. We have a street of monuments dedicated to Confederate generals that lost a war. Black Lives Matter show the church where it's been falling short. On Sunday mornings, you're not even together and you're supposed to be the church. You're divided. What can we do as the body of Christ to write a different narrative for our country. We do this internship because of reconciliation. So we're trying to raise up leaders that are thinking about that and living that, and that's just part of their DNA. And what does it look like as a community that's really trying to engage in reconciliation? I was brought up in a white community and did not have any... Uh, any any friends of color. I've met people who have never met someone of color. And I'm like, where y'all live at? It was just immensely difficult to figure out even how to go about uh, working with someone. I never want anyone to feel how I felt. What I'm trying to shape them to do is to put the mission above themselves. I want people to get the message and to see how unity can come out of diversity. These interns are coming from very different backgrounds. here today because of the culture that was made yesterday. We want to see something different tomorrow and we got to make new culture today. Yes, that's absolutely worth a hand clap because that's us. That came from us. And that's a beautiful thing. So, we're going to go get into our sermon series. And we started off, Aaron started off the series. And I usually do a little recap because it's all going to paint a picture and it all leads to a certain direction. So I'm going to recap the last couple of weeks. Aaron started us off and preached on how God's love has been set on us since the beginning of time. And because of his love, his power is working in us and through us for his glory. And then Doug taught. And he taught us through the scriptures that individually and corporately that his power is working in us to make us like superhumans, like Spider-Man, right? And he gave us the equation, Peter Parker plus a spider bite plus radiation 
equals Spider-Man, right? And in the same way for us as Christians, us humans plus the Holy Spirit equals superhumans in the spirit. And then I came along the next week and talked about Care Bears because I thought Care Bears are pretty awesome. And it just is amazing on how the love flows through them to overcome all the it just all the wickedness that's in the world. Hey, I know there's a lot of young people in here, but y'all need to go on YouTube and look up some Care Bears because it's that stuff is the gospel. But but really, what we talked about with that was is how God breaks chains of the chains of having the sin, and at the same times where He breaks these chains of that we have on us of having the sin, He also gives us the grace to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's pretty amazing. And then Aaron came and preached an amazing sermon about the power of God and the mystery of the gospel and how God is even bringing our enemies together under one family to be one body in Christ. Then Doug followed up with a word on how God wants to do a work through us. But first he must do a work in us to be able to do a work through us. And today we come to chapter 4 and we see that Paul is building up a case for something, right? He's showing us what we have as believers, this gift, this power of God that's working in us and through us, but it's for something. And in chapter 4, he brings us around. And in chapter 4, it's like he kind of uh, hits us with the responsibility of what it means for the power of God working in us and through us. What is the responsibility that we have now? that we have this power. So the big idea today for my sermon is, what does it mean to live worthy of your calling? What does it mean to live worthy of your calling? And so we're going to jump in the Word. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. We're starting off in Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going 1 through 16. If you have your smartphones and a Bible, you can pull it out, or if you have your Bible... Feel free to read along with me. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us special gifts through the generosity of Christ. That's why the scripture says when he ascends to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and he gave gifts to his people. Notice that he ascended. He, this clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he may fill the entire universe with himself. Now, these gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. 
Then we'll no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we'll speak the truth in love, growing in every way more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the, that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So when I started writing this sermon, I got really excited, right? Because especially when I read, when I read that first scripture, I being a prisoner for serving the Lord, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. And I'm like, man, Paul is really, really getting this. Like, man, I'm suffering for this gospel. And what I'm writing you is to live a life worthy of this gospel. And I'm all about like holiness and living right and having a lifestyle that's above reproach. And I'm getting excited about this stuff because I feel like I could preach about this stuff. Like, man, this is good stuff, right? And as I was processing what I was going to have my sermon about, I, I love the process with one of my buddies. Dan Nealon, and he asked me a pointed question, and my brain exploded because it was awesome. He said, Chris, the scripture starts with therefore. What is the therefore, therefore? I was like, huh? (laughs) And after he said that, he said, let that inform what it means to live a life worthy of the gospel or to live a life worthy of your calling. My brain exploded because I was totally reading the word out of context. This is this is even though that would be a great sermon, right? Because it talks about in the Bible. But this is not what Paul was writing to the church of Ephesus about. See, to get this right and to get it in context, to be able to see what the spirit is really saying to the church of Ephesus, we've really got to get into it. We've got to get the context right. Because we need to know what it means to be responsible with this power that's working in us. we got to get that right. Okay? So in context, the church of Ephesus was made up of Jewish Christians and Gentile Christians. Two groups of people who historically had nothing to do with each other. The Jews were God's chosen people, right? And they were depending on the Messiah to establish Israel as a nation. And they were coming to the understanding that the mystery of the gospel is how God didn't just reconcile the Jews back to him, but how they reconciled all of humanity back to him. And so you have one group of people since from the beginning, since the the time that they can remember, this one group of people saw themselves as special, as God-chosen people. And they looked across at another group, a group of people who were different culturally, and different in every way that they did not have anything to do with in the past. And what Paul is saying is now you're one family. It takes the power of God that works in us first, then through us for this to authentically happen. Like, look, two totally different groups of people. God is saying now you're going to be one family. How do you bring unity out of diversity? Only through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit is the glue that holds together broken and diverse group of people together. So in context, what does it mean to live a life worthy of your calling? 
It means fighting for unity. It means fighting to live out the mystery of the gospel where all are reconciled back to God as one family. As one family. And you do this through denying yourself for the sake of love. You do this through staying at the table and not running when you've had enough. And it's just too much. It means always being humble, always being gentle, always being patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. That's the only way two different, totally different groups of people can become one. Is if God does a work in us first to do a work through us. And it's not okay to have a Jewish Christian church over here because it's more comfortable and I can relate to these people better, right? We have the law. We understand what's really going on now. And it's not okay to have a Gentile church over here because it's more comfortable and I can relate to these people over here and it's more comfortable. Like, I don't have to really, it's, I understand what's going on. And what's important is what Paul is saying in verse three and four. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Because there's one body, one spirit, just you've been called to a glorious hope for the future. David Bailey summed it up, even in that preview. I think he summed up the spirit of what Paul was trying to say to the church of Ephesus. If we want to see a new tomorrow, we have to make a new culture today in Christ. I'm going to say that again. If we want to see a new tomorrow, we have to make a new culture today in Christ. This is why I believe that we're still here today at Eastern Fellowship. Because we're pressing into something that's so much bigger than ourselves. And I know that everybody's not here because we're the best organized church in the world. And I know that everybody's not here because you got the best pastors in the world. I know that for a fact. And I know that if you were at the mid-sized gathering last week, you know that we have stuff. We got some stuff. But if you just look around, just look around the room. Look at your neighbor. There is evidence of the power of God working in us and through us because we're all here. Can you see that? This is what the Bible is talking about. This is what Jesus died for. Look around. We are all here. We're all still here. The power of the Holy Spirit is the glue that holds a diverse group of broken people together. And this is our story, and our story is important, and it's worth fighting for. It's what Paul was trying to get the church of Ephesus to see. If they could just look in and see us right now. Because the truth is, this is the real truth. This is the reality of our situation. The overwhelming majority of churches in Churchill area, their members do not live in their community. They're commuter churches. And the congregation comes to church on Sunday at 11 a.m. And that's, that's what their church life consists of. But I can say with all conviction, even the people who commute here, are pressing into what it means to be community in this place. We're really pressing into something special right here. And it's sad to say, this is another truth, that 11 a.m. on Sunday is still the most segregated hour of the week for Christians in America. But just look around. 
look at us. Look at what we're doing. What does it mean to live a life worthy of your calling? It means fighting for what you see right here. Verses 3 through 6 say, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, just just as you've been called to, one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all. In and all. The only thing I could relate this to that that might even make sense to my mind because I'm still trying to grasp this thing is I think about the concept of marriage. Has anybody? I know we have a young congregation. How many people have been married for over ten years? That is worth praising God for right there. And I bet you, if you were to ask them about their marriage. Because if you were to ask me about my marriage, I would tell you that marriage is the hardest thing that I've ever committed myself to in my life. And if you've been married over 10 years and you agree with that, can you raise your hand? But what I can also say is that my marriage is the most precious and beautiful gift that God has ever given me. This what we see right here It's a precious gift. It's a precious gift. And then we read in verse 7, however, he's given each one of us special gifts through the generosity of Christ. And what Paul is saying to you, like, look, we're, we're taking away what it means to be a Jewish person. We're taking away what it means to be a Gentile. We are all responsible for what it means for all of us to grow in maturity because you all have gifts. You all have gifts for this one single purpose. To see us grow and mature. To be one body in Christ. So the Jews probably, I'm thinking if I was a Jew, I would think, oh, what do you mean now? A Gentile can be a rabbi? He can be a teacher? But that's what we're creating something new in Christ. A new culture. This is new. That's why we need the new wineskins. Because this is nothing like you've ever seen before. And we're living into that. And what Paul did was across the board, across the board, he protected everybody's dignity that was in the room. Because all of us, all of us are responsible for the growth and maturation of the body of Christ. We've all been given gifts. And these gifts look like the person of Jesus Christ. Because we're his body. Jesus Christ was the perfect teacher. He was the perfect apostle. He was the perfect evangelist. He was the perfect pastor. Which one am I missing? He was the perfect prophet. These are all things that Jesus was, and he's given us all gifts because we're all part of his body, and we're all responsible for this thing to mature, this new thing that Jesus did. We are the living hope in Jesus Christ for America's most segregated hour by the power of of the Holy Spirit. And we're striving to live out this mystery of the gospel. The thing that keeps me here that I could say, like, look, man, I know that we're doing something real, even when it hurts, man. Even when it hurts. But we're, we're here by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what it means to live a life worthy of the gospel. To keep on fighting for who we are. 
to keep on fighting to preserve this, to keep on fighting to preserve each other's dignity in it all, and to grow up together in the fullness of what it means to be a mature body of Christ. Now, I know we have a lot of kids in here because this is Youth Sunday. And I'm going to make a quick transition. Is that okay with everybody? All the kids who are not asleep on their mother's shoulders, can they come up to the front? Come on up, y'all. This is Youth Sunday. If they are sleeping, don't wake them up. It is okay. We want to keep some peace in here. Come on up. Come on up, guys. Come on up. Come on, gather around, because I'm going to need you guys to get some microphone time, okay? You guys ready for some microphone time? Oh, that's what I'm talking about, buddy. I need some enthusiasm. Okay, guys. I'm going to bend down. I'm going to need some help getting back up because I'm an old man. Does anybody know the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children? Nobody knows that song? Will you sing it with me? And can I get everybody else to sing it with me also? But as we sing it, can you listen to the words of this song? Are you guys with me? I know we've all heard it before, but just listen to the words of the song and turn around so everybody can see you. Okay? You ready? You going to sing it with me? Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, there are precious in our sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Let's go one more time. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in our sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Okay, guys, y'all can clap it up for our kids. And I want you to stand out and look out at the people around you. And I want all of us to look at our kids. This is our responsibility for living out the calling, for living a life worthy of our calling, creating a new culture, because what these kids see us live is going to be their new normal. And they're going to have a kingdom perspective of life and what it means to love and be in community and see the body of Christ in a way that the world doesn't do it. This is what we do it for. This is why we bear with each other in patience, making allowances for each other's faults, because we're paving the way for something that's not happening around us many other places. But this is for their legacy to live into, what they see us living and what they see us doing. Y'all can head back to UCs. Thank you guys for your help. The band can come up. And if you're a prayer warrior in our church, you can get on the walls too. Kyra was singing up there, wasn't she? Y'all give it up for Kyra on her first time on the praise and worship team. 
as we transition to a time of prayer and reflection and allowing the band to lead us, I just want to encourage you, as I preach this and as I talk about these things, I have to look at myself in the mirror because I'm crying out to God for his power to work in me and to work through me for the purpose of this amazing gospel about this amazing mystery that God does, how he reconciles all of us together to be one family, to be one body in Christ. What I'd like to encourage you guys today is if you need to see the power of God working in you and working through you to bring unity, I encourage you to go get some prayer. Because this is what it's all about. When you look around and see everybody around, this is what it means to live a life worthy of the calling. And it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting really hard for. And this is what Paul was saying the responsibility of the church of Ephesus was. And how you deal rightfully with the power that God's given us.